Four, please. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the six o'clock pairing. On the tee, from River West, please welcome Gabe Neitzel. Also on the tee, from the third ward, this is Stephen Watson. It's Monday evening, and you're on the tee. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Now to take you around the course. Live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at Radio City. Alongside Stephen Watson, here's Gabe Neitzel. looking forward to this show for a long time. It feels like more than just a day. They were two days removed. I kind of quite- wanted to do it on Sunday night. <laughs> I was that fired up. I, I just, I still can't believe it. And I was rooting, I wasn't rooting for Brooks necessarily. I liked the, the ebb and flow of the front nine where they kind of gave it back. Ultimately, I wanted Phil to win. I didn't want Phil to run away with it, mostly because I don't want anyone to run away with a major other than Tiger. I'll be straight honest. But like, I don't think we're making a big enough deal about this. We talked about this on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy on Monday. Phil is 50 years old. 50 years old. The dude has an ARP card and can get a senior dinner at Denny's. We and were talking about Phil maybe playing in Madison in a couple of weeks. <laughs> think oh, about by the that. way, by the way, whoever runs the AmFam Championship... Uh, you know, social media accounts, you guys are way too thirsty. Like, you gotta wait at least a couple of days. You can't wait just minutes after <laughs> Phil wins the PGA Championship in a major to go, hey, what are you doing in early yeah, June? Yeah, you gotta shoot your shot. Why not? <laughs> I'm okay with it. But it's, un- I-, I still, I still feel, Stephen, like I can't wrap my head around it because. I mean, he's, he's Phil Mickelson, and because he's one of the best players of his generation, and now he has six, I mean, he's one of the best golfers of all time with six major championships. I did not see this coming for a number of reasons, because he has not playing, been playing well on anywhere but the champion. We just joked about the Champions Tour and the AmFam, you know, um, and the AmFam Championship, which is coming up next month, which, by the way, we're going to be doing a specialty show from on a Saturday. We're looking forward to that. Uh, but... He's had more success on the Champions Tour. He shot a 63 at Quail Hollow a couple of weeks ago. He was 7 under par after the first round. Finished 7 over par. Three straight rounds in the 70s. Like, it was just very obvious. Like, this dude just can't keep it together. The last time he for finished rounds. top 20 in a major was the British Open in 2016. Oh, when he dueled uh, Henrik Stenson, yeah. which was a great major. So, like, we've seen Phil have some good 18 hole stretches. But he hasn't been able to put it together. And for him to lead, you know, for three of those days against the best in the world on a course that was playing like a U.S. Open course, like I, I, that's what I think we can't talk enough about. It's not that he just won a major at age 50. He did it on a course that had guys like Dustin Johnson, Xander Shoffley, who picked him last week, <laughs> missed the cut. Can't imagine you know, we're going to talk about that later. Justin Thomas struggled. And Phil... Goes out there and holds a steady lead, goes head-to-head against maybe the best assassin that we've seen in golf over the last four or five years in Brooks Kepka when it comes to major championships. And he made Brooks look uncomfortable on a golf course. Phil Mickelson did that well, after no- so many years of Tiger Woods doing that to him. 
Well, and here's the other thing about Phil. Here's the other thing why this made zero, zero sense to me in Phil Mickelson winning this major. Because this was, I mean, it was, not only was it the longest you know, major championship ever, but it was a premium. Like, you had to put the ball off the tee in the right spots. You saw what happened on Saturday when, you know, he rinsed a tee shot. I think it was on 14. He hit one in the water, but it never crossed land at any point, so he had to re-tee. Like, but that never that that was the only wayward tee shot. Like Phil, at some point, is going to hit a wayward tee shot that is just nowhere near the planet. Think Wingfoot U.S. Open 2006. Dude just has to make a bogey, and he blows one off the hospitality tent's left. Now 18 at uh, Kiwa Island. If you blew it off the hospitality tent, which you almost did, left. That was actually the play. Yeah, Guys were play. actually doing that throughout the course of the week because the the hospitality was so close to, and, and you got a pretty decent lie because it was all matted down. But that was the other thing. Like, not only did Phil somehow keep this together over the course of four days, but like the way he, the way he drove the ball was unbelievable. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't buy into it. it. I couldn't believe it, mostly because, like, he, he's saying things after rounds like, "Yeah, I've been having trouble focusing, so I've been playing thirty-six to forty-five holes. So then when I play eighteen, it doesn't seem like a big deal. Like he's tricking himself into focusing, and I'm going." Like, how are you going to keep it together at a major? And not, he he did. Like He just dominated that golf course. People were asking me, Chewy threw this out at me. Hey, did Phil win and other people choked? Like, no, Phil went out there, and he, whatever that golf, whatever Kiwa Island asked of him, he, yeah, no, I've got that. You need that shot? I got that shot in the bag, no problem. And we were kind of just waiting for that Tom Watson moment, right? Like, it was almost too good to be true, just like Tom a decade ago when he was that like at six, 59, that yeah. six foot putt away from winning the Open, and he just didn't get it done. And you're just kind of waiting. Phil put that ball in the water, and you're like, oh, okay, is this where he's going to crumble? He's, he, he was given back two shots, just like he was taking two shots earlier in that nine. And he was just like, all right, can he get this done? But Brooks and Oosthuizen both were victims of tough conditions on a tough course, and like you said, Phil was just so unbelievably steady in a moment where so many guys weren't. It was just an unbelievable performance by any golfer, let alone a 50-year-old who hasn't been top 20 in a major since 2016. This dude's nickname is Phil the Thrill. <laughs> like, the, the, the blow-up I thought that was because of the come. caffeine, no? Yeah, well, I mean, maybe, maybe it is now with his, you know, his, his health and wellness coffee that he's been drinking and, and trying to push out there for everybody. It wasn't but, those, like... Cute little Mizzen and Main shirts that he's been dancing around <laughs> golf balls. That, like I, mean, I almost oh. wore a, a Mizzen and Main shirt in for this show because I I just wanted to do everything to support Phil because I'm that jacked up about this. That's win. the other thing. Like you think about all the crazy things that have happened with Phil Mickelson, and like this might be the craziest. But he he walked off a course once to FBI agents wanting to question him about insider <laughs> training. This is a thing that happened to Phil Mickelson. Like. It's un- when you think about the th- literally 30 years that he has been playing PGA Tour golf because he won an event as an amateur on the PGA Tour back in 1991. Like, it's just unbelievable the- all the moments. And this one might be the craziest of them all. And honestly, like the most relevant he's been on a golf course in the last four years has been during the match. Right? Oh, yeah. Like when he was mic'd up and it was great television, he's playing with Tom Brady and he was telling Brian Anderson that, you know, he's going to hit bombs and then he drives the green. Like that was the best film moment in the last four or five years was Phil saying, I'm going to hit bombs no, to the, Tom Brady. Was it Jake Owen? Who did, he, who did he, after the first match, 
was it? It was at Jordan Spieth's wedding after the first match. I think it was Jake Owen. I can't remember who it was, but there was some singer that came up to him that was at Spieth's wedding and said, Hey, like, I want my 50 bucks back or whatever. I want mine from that Tiger match because that well, was well, from the first one. Yeah. And, and Phil, you, you're not familiar with this story? No, but oh, I. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm, I see. I want to look it up now and make sure I get it right. But. I, I, again, I think maybe it wasn't Jake Owen, but it was it was some like famous. I think it was a country star, somebody, because they told the story on like Rich Eisen's show or Dan Patrick's show or something. And he goes, he went up to Phil because they're at Spieth's wedding at the reception or whatever. Hey man, I want my money back. And Phil, Phil hands him a hundred and says, Hey, I won ninety thousand of these yesterday. Bleep you. Gosh, I love Phil. Like, and he, but I mean, and most people would like. He's he's not. I mean, he he is being a jerk in that situation, but it's like he's being an endearing ass. You know, like yeah. it's funny. Like the guy was so happy to tell this story, whoever it was. I'll look it up um, during in, in between segments here. It was and, Jake Owen. It was Jake Owen who came up to it. It was Jake Owen who won. Well, Phil I also I on. even love like after he won a major on Sunday, he like read all the receipts and like went back through all these Twitter you know mentions about him, and he was responding to them in a smirky, sarcastic way that only Phil can, um, and. You know, you could just tell that in the moment, like after he won and he was in his post game press conferences, like I thought he was going to be a little bit more like Masters winning Phil in 04 when he was jumping on the green, but he was sure. pretty reserved and, you know, spoke highly about the process and how he got there mentally more than physically. And I was just really hoping that we would get a little bit more of like that sarcastic, snarky Phil. After the fact, and I wonder what it's going to be like moving forward. I, I mean, I think he was just maybe he was exhausted. I mean, because the, the, yeah. he was very honest, and that's the one thing I also enjoy about Phil. Kind of the same reason that we've talked about why we love Rory McIlroy yeah. on this show is because Phil's honest, man. He like he is he's going to let you know, like he's going to tell you. He's he's going to lay it out there, and hey, this is what's up. And for him to be as exposed as he was and being as honest as he was, saying that he was having trouble with focus, I, I, w- I would believe it if you told me he was mentally drained after <laughs> that golf course, which yeah. demanded all of your attention at all of the time, and four, four days of a major on that golf course, like, I would be, I'd be willing to bet that he was just exhausted and had nothing left, or maybe he was just still wrapping his head around it like the rest of us. Like, I, don't think I, I still, I don't think, I still don't think I've, it, it's really sunk in that Phil Mickelson at age of 50 is the latest major winner on the PGA Tour. Gabe, I was watching on Sunday, just like I know you were, and I felt something as a golf fan that I haven't felt for anybody other than Tiger when I saw those crowds surrounding Phil walking up 18. Like, that was such an iconic moment, not just in golf, but in sport. Because I think that we've starved for that moment in the last year, seeing crowds and feeling like we were a part of something bigger than ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And to see him walk up and get swarmed, thankfully he was okay, saying, you know, because it kind of got a little out of I, hand. I was, I was actually more worried, and Brooks had said something, because yeah. Brooks was still dealing, and in, in some people, we'll get into Brooks' cap, we'll, we'll get yeah. Brooks' cap later. I don't want like, to interrupt I, Phil time with Brooks. I just, I, I hadn't felt something like that since, obviously, Tiger winning the Masters in 2019. is like I, I haven't felt an emotional high as a sports fan watching something since... Uh, Maybe the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. I'm from Philly, and that was pretty fun. <laughs> but it reminded me so much of Eastlake in 2018 when Tiger had yeah. his defining moment, his comeback win in Atlanta, and all the crowd was following him. And for Phil to have that moment, um, I don't think that many golfers 
and I can really probably only think of two, and that's Tiger and Phil, would get that kind of welcoming yeah, in that and- type of setting. In that moment, like he's been, he's always, Phil has been such a big showman for so long, and he's always been so much about the fans in the process. And like, I was, I think more than anything, more than him winning, I was just happy that he kind of had his top of the food chain moment, right? Like where Tiger wasn't in his way because he's always been in his shadow for so long. And that was finally Phil's moment that can be his like walk off into the sunset that we'll never forget. Whenever we talk about Phil Mickelson, it will no longer be his masters in 2004 and him jumping on the green. It's going to be that scene of him walking on Kiwi. Well, and his, his old caddy who is caddying for Max Homa this week, uh, Jim Bones Mackay. Bones had said that he always thought that Phil would have another major in him, but he thought it was Augusta. And I'm actually kind of glad it wasn't Augusta just because at Augusta, you're not getting that scene. Like everybody's going to be not, and, and it was it was a madhouse when Tiger won, obviously, but they're not losing contain to the point where everyone's surrounding the green. And I am fully convinced, had that birdie putt gone out on 18, they had carried Phil off. I've like the, the place would have gone crazy, and they would have carried Phil off. But there was one shot, one shot on on Sunday that we believe really carried Phil to this PGA Championship victory. We're going to discuss that next on the tee. Back to the course and on the tee with Gabe and Steven after this on 94.5 ESPN. Well, in the end, my friend, we will all be together again. Clutching on to my hand in a valley with sand. So there's one shot, one shot that we believe defined Phil Mickelson and what happened Sunday at the PGA Championship. We'll discuss that right now. And it's all about the drive. Sometimes it's all about the drive. But off the tee, it's all about the drive. The best and biggest shots of the weekend. That house is like 400 yards away. Is that good? That's unbelievable. It's all about the drive. On On the Tee is brought to you by Ewald Automotive. Shop the Ewald Automotive Group, home of the 20-year, 200,000-mile limited warranty on all new vehicles. Visit any of their eight locations today, in-store or online at ewaldautomotive.com. Ewald Automotive. We make it easy. So thank you to our friends again at Ewald Automotive for this segment. And for Phil, it was literally about the drive. You mentioned about how during the, one of the matches when he got into BA's year. I was so year, fired I'm up about bombs. this segment. Like, I texted you in the moment. I was like, here's our all about the drive. <laughs> well, because on 16, he stepped up and hit at 50. 50 years old. Think about that. 50 years old. He hits the longest drive on that hole, that par 5, 16th, playing a little downwind, and he bombs one almost 360. Longest drive of the day, 50 years old. You got Brooks Kepka, you got Bryson DeChambeau, you got guys like that who can just bomb it, and Phil just hits it past them all. Like half of the guys playing on Sunday, Phil could be their dad. And the dude just yeah. goes out there and hits a 366-yard drive past Brooks Kepka. And I thought Brooke, like Brooks teed off first on that hole. I thought Brooks stepped on his. I'm like, oh, Brooks is juiced. And then I saw, I saw, I saw Phil's ball bounce past him. I'm like, what is going on? I'm so confused. Phil hits bombs. Uh, and he'll be the first to tell you that. But it, it justifies he's been chasing that distance. And, it, again, 
kudos to him for chasing that distance because we heard Rory McIlroy talk about and met Rory. He is the premier driver of the golf ball, but he was looking for that couple extra yards to maybe catch up with Bryson despite the, the driver being the best weapon in his bag. And that had him chasing for a little bit before he was able to win at Quail Hollow. Phil's been chasing distance for a while. We've heard him talk about dropping bombs, I think, since the Masters in 2018 where he's like driving in, he's doing his thumbs up thing, taking selfies while he's driving down Magnolia Lane. And it's hilarious because Phil is a content machine. But the results just haven't been there outside of Champions Tour golf. And As you said, feel the thrill. Yeah, because, you know, Phil chasing distance probably means Phil ain't keeping it on the planet. But that drive, like, he just had no, there was no hesitation to just go full send on 16. And that, to me, after he hit that drive, I went, holy bleep, he's going to win. Oh, you texted me in that moment. Yeah. You said, that locks it up. Yeah. And it was hard to deny it because you're like, okay, this well, is just... Well, 17's playing downwind. 17 was the toughest hole, I think, yeah. on the golf course. Just a brutal par three, but it was playing downwind. So the the thought, the, the, the threat of you know floating one up in the air and having to come up short and, and being and something And he was coming bad. off 15, then he put it in the water, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so for him to step on his tee shot like that in that moment was like peak Phil on Sunday. It wasn't like the old guy feel-good story for 15 holes and then he falls apart like that was Phil steadying himself in a way that the best golfers in the world do in that moment something that we've seen from a guy like Brooks Kepka in major championships in the last few years you know the guys who have dominated the tour and Phil was that guy at 50 and we always know that he has that in his bag but we just haven't seen it like, we, we know that he has a talent, but he's just been so lost for so long in these major championships. For him to step on that drive and outdrive Brooks Kepka was, without question, the defining moment of the PGA Championship until the crowds followed him down 18. But again, like, him being lost was completely understandable. Like, it's, like to me, him chasing distance was him still trying to be relevant. And I know he had, he, he had talked about before he actually went and played on a Champions Tour, like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. But then he did that last year because of the way the major schedule fell and he wasn't qualified for the PGA Tour playoffs. So he wanted to be able to get in, you know, some, some reps in, some tournament reps, you know, before he played in the U.S. Open, before he played at Augusta in, in November of last year. So that's what he had to do in order to get reps because... He wasn't qualifying for the PGA Tour playoffs a year ago. And it's just, I, I, still, can't, I still can't wrap my head around this. I keep coming back to that because I, I still don't know if this is sustainable. I honestly don't know if this was just a one magical week that we will always have to remember Phil by, to get to six majors, stick it to Faldo. And that's the other thing about this thing. Last year's PGA was when he was running circles around Nick Faldo in the broadcast booth yeah. um, during the third round, and everyone's going, man, Phil could do this. Like Phil is really good at delivering this information to everyone. And Phil's going, nah, I, I don't think so, not until my career's over. And everyone's going, hey, bud, that's coming pretty soon, don't you think? I, I still, so I still can't wrap my head around, just despite him hitting that bump and hitting that drive on 16, despite him playing as well as he did, despite him doing something so something as insane as switching to a claw grip on the 71st <laughs> hole of a PG of, of a major championship to make sure that he taps in the the putt correctly. I don't know if this is like sustainable. I don't know if like Phil's back. I don't know if this was just one magical week, but at the same time, I don't know if I want to think about that yet. I don't think we need to. I, I think it's okay 
for us to hold out hope that Phil might deliver another spectacle moment like that one more time. Like, could we, we were talking about this last week. You posed the question of, like, who are the golfers that you're going to turn on the TV for, mm-hmm. right? And, like, Phil was obviously not in our wheelhouse when no. we were having that discussion. No, thought about turning on the, the, the uh, featured groups. They weren't featuring him after JD, yeah. you know, hold out for birdie from the bunker on hole one when I'm shoot, it, like, isn't a this 17 what, over par. Isn't this what, like, makes, makes golf the greatest game, though, right? Like, it was like Stuart Sink at RBC Heritage that he goes and has the feel-good win there. And then you have Phil at 50 years old winning on maybe the toughest course in major championship history. Potentially, uh, I, I don't know if it's the toughest course, just because the USGA just does some weird things to trick it up. And another thing, think about that. How long? It wasn't that long ago. Phil was running on a green to hit a putt that was still rolling. Yeah. I, like, that's how lost at majors Phil was. He was just, nah, I'm not going to hit the ball from down there. I'm just going to run over here and tap it so I don't have to go back down the hill. Like, are we going to talk about Phil shot? in September at Whistling? Not yet. I can't, we, we can't do that yet. And, and, it's He's tough. got experience. It's tough to leave a major championship winner off, but at the same time, like that is all about consistency. And as good as this week was, I still need if I'm if I'm Captain Steve Stricker and I got my Ryder Cup pants on today. If I'm Strick, I still need to see more out of Phil. Yeah, you can't get too emotional. You on can't that because again, story. it would be great to have him. And I think he'll be an assistant captain. Like he's going to be around the team regardless, much like if Tiger's healthy. Yeah. And I saw a picture of him um, on the internet. He's got a sleeve now. He's walking around with crutches and a sleeve. And Stricker talked openly about yeah, he would love like, to have Tiger. Yeah, Tiger's, t- to me, as long as Tiger is healthy enough to be there, like he'll be there riding around the cart. He'll have the, you know, the little earbud in, getting all the... And I think that's a, right now that's a great spot for Phil. I need to see more consistency out of Phil. Because, as I mentioned... He went 63 at Quail Hollow three weeks ago, followed by 75, 76, 75. Yeah. Like, so you, you just can't have that type of inconsistency on the Ryder Cup team, especially because you know the Europeans are coming. You don't want to lose it on your home soil. I cannot entertain Phil right now because there are too many other guys that have played too well more consistently over the last three yeah, years. Yeah, and it's about steady golfers when you're getting into a major... That's why Tony Finau right was really good in, in France. Like, Tony hasn't won, and that's like been a famous narrative around Tony Finau, but he's just a steady golfer. Yeah. And that's what you need in these match play. He's you... $40 million picking up top tens. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, But that's what you need in match play. Yeah. You want a guy making a bunch of pars. You know, it's cool that Phil can you know make a three on this hole, take a one-up lead, but then when he goes 6-5, Next thing he's down, you know, he, he's down one. Yeah. Like and, just, and we talked about the drive, but I mean, his putting was just on another level. At oh, Kiowa yeah. Too. Like, Phil was putting out of this world. It was so good. It was just so much fun. It was. And I don't want to take anything away. And I don't, that, that's why I don't want to get too far ahead of no, ourselves. No, no. Let's just enjoy Phil, like, what was an unbelievable story in a sport that just seems to continue to deliver these amazing stories this year. Yeah. Right? Like, Hideki at the Masters was an amazing awesome. story. And now you have Phil at PGA, like US Open better step step up, right? Like we we need like Tiger's return to win a mate. No, I'm just kidding. That'd be fun. But Well, I mean, the last time it was at Torrey Pines, we had a golfer win the US Open with a broken freaking leg. Yeah. <laughs> That was a pretty that's, good story. That's what happened at the uh, Torrey Pines the last time. We've got some picks to review. Possibly an apology to Ben Brust to make. That's all coming up next in our fantasy golf segment. But first, it's time for this week's Cart Girl Moment of the Week. And now, it's time for another Cart Girl Moment. Presented by Fairways of Woodside. 
Hey, yes, I did see your shot on 12. Just like I saw you take an eight on the hole before. Anyways, here's your drink. Good luck on the rest of your round. You're gonna need it. This has been another Cart Girl Moment, presented by Fairways of Woodside, home of the premium golf experience. Premium golf, service, and of course, the best golf carts with GPS and Bluetooth speakers. Fairways of Woodside. No ifs, ands, or putts. There's more On the Tee with Gabe and Steven coming up on 94.5 ESPN. Last week was rough for some. You know what? And it was rough for everybody involved with this show because Ben Brust was looking for advice. Sorry, he's, Ben. He's looking for fantasy golf advice, and it's big because it's a major championship, so the money is bigger. So when you're, if you're in one of these pools and you're picking golfers and it's all by money, yeah, it, it kind of hurts and stings when you go on a radio show on your station and go, hey, you guys know golf. Help me out. We'll explain more right now in our fantasy golf segment. Who's in the red? Give me another ball. Take a drop, Roy. Roy, just... Give me another ball. Who's in the green? Happy learned how to putt. Uh-oh. This is where we recap the weekend in fantasy golf and prepare you for the next tournament. Brought to you by New Male Medical Center. Guys struggling with low testosterone, ED, and weight loss have had success at New Male. You can, too. Schedule your consultation at newmail.com and discover the new you. Ben Brust's looking for advice, and we told him Justin Thomas. I mean, like, that that was a pretty safe pick, right? Should have been. Longest golf course in major championship history. JT's a good iron player. No, just fell apart. Do we have to start? Is Are we thinking too hard? No, but do we have to start having a conversation about JT and majors? Yeah. His major record ain't great. Like it's 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 not as if because he's got one which obviously is better than zero and it took Phil somebody we've spent a lot of time talking about today a long time to get to that one, but it's not as if he's giving himself opportunities. You know, like Brooks Brooks Kepka, like we can talk about Brooks and, and how his major record has kind of fallen off a little bit, but at least he's still top fiving. Like he's giving himself yeah. opportunities. He's on the front page of the leaderboard where you know he has one really good round, a couple of putts fall for him, he's in position. Like JT is nowhere near leaderboards right now when it comes to some of these majors. Yeah, he missed the cut. T twenty one at the Masters, but it was kind of a back back door yeah. top twenty five. He had a pretty good twenty twenty season. <laughs> Did he? Am I am I just he making was, stuff up? I think you just want him to win so badly, as do I. I mean, he finished fourth at the Masters and T8 at, at the U.S. Open. Yeah, but, I mean, it wasn't... Yeah, so he finished fourth at the Masters in 2020, but it wasn't competitive. Like, DJ ran away with it. Yeah. You know, like... And 2020 was such a weird golf season that it's it was. hard to get emotional about any sort of results that year. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's just strange. So... Ben, we're sorry. We hope you come to us again. Uh, although I don't know, I, I don't come to me right now. I am <laughs> I am streaking in the wrong direction. I make I miss back to back cuts going Zalatoris 
and then Xander Shoffley. After you guys week. bullied me into Rory, I've been feeling pretty good. Like you guys bullied into me, I feel making like me maybe take this Rory. Was like, this was like an episode of like Monstars, where like we were holding the ball together, and my power is transformed <laughs> into your body when it came to picking the right guys. Because Cause, yeah, because you, you pretty much again, you I, forced I, me to take Rory McIlroy. Yeah, um, and and that ended up being a good pick. And this week. Again, it's, it's it's quick turnoffs. This is a Tuesday that we're doing this show. Had to had to wait. And by the way, uh, this show next week will also be on Tuesday with uh, no shows on that, no local shows on ninety four five ESPN on Memorial Day. So we'll be back again next Tuesday with on the T. But they're at Colonial, which is I'm I'm kind of bummed that the Charles Schwab Challenge ends up here because Colonial is a fun course. Like if in I'm going to be frank, I probably won't pay too much attention to it. Because it's Memorial Day weekend, I got my own golf to play, it's a three-day weekend, Um, hopefully it's going to be nice, I'm probably not going to spend a ton of time inside. Also, are they just like camping out in Texas for like, (laughs) I feel like every single tournament that hasn't been a major has been in Texas this year. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure what's going on, I think this is the last one, if if, if there's any solace, this is the last one. I only got so many guys from Texas, I could make my pick. So, who are you going with this week at the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial Country Club? So this is a guy I've been high on, and I've thought about picking, thought about picking him actually at the PGA at Kiowa, just because he is becoming one of my favorite guys to watch strike a golf ball, and that is Abraham. Oh, uh, yeah, it's my pick. He's, I mean, he's got a really good track record. Fifth at Valspar, second at Wells Fargo, T8 at the PGA. Yeah, and I thought about taking him last week, but I just didn't think he was long enough. Like I didn't sure. think that, like off the tee, he could get himself into positions that other guys... And, and maybe could. he wasn't long enough to win, but he was certainly long enough to finish top 10. Yeah, and he's just been a top 10, top 15 machine so far this year. I mean, he is due for a win. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And he first came on my radar at the President's Cup a couple of years ago in Australia at Royal Melbourne, which was a fantastic golf course. I wish they could somehow figure out a way to, like every couple of years, get pros to play that course because there's, it was so much fun to watch because there were so many different ways to play some of the holes. Like you could try to bomb it up there, but there was a lot of risk reward or you lay back, but then you know, it, it just, it was a, it was a lot of fun to kind of absorb all that while the, and he played really well. Like he played really well during that President's Cup, and you know, ever since you know late 2019, it, he, he's really been on my radar, and I, I completely agree. I think that this is a an opportunity for him to break through. He was T14 there last year, yeah. So he played well on this course. He's been playing well. Abraham Answer seems to be the right pick, at least for me. Uh, and my Gruber Loves is one call pick of the week. Let's make it Gruber Loves one call times two. I'm yeah. going with. Abe answer. But you so you picked Will Zeltorus a couple of weeks ago. I thought about Will. Like at some point he's gotta win, right? I just yeah. keep feeling bad for him because he's not officially a PGA tour member and he keeps playing well. So that is is he still amateur status? Like No, wh- so he's Corn Ferry Tour. He doesn't have full status on the PGA tour. And is again, he at least so this is really his paychecks? He's collecting the paychecks. Oh, okay. well, but what he's not doing is collecting FedEx Cup points. Yeah. So because he's not a member of the PGA and and this is a little nuanced, and maybe there's not a ton of people that know this or really care. But the FedEx Cup is obviously just a big money grab yeah. for the PGA Tour, and that's where, at the end of the year, but depending upon where you, not only do you get the money grab if you make it to the Tour Championship, but there's a money grab if you just finish in the top 125. Like, you're getting a, you know, the PGA Tour is cutting you a check because of FedEx. Yeah. 
wherever you finish on those standings at the right end of the regular season. And he would be really high up there, but he has zero of these points as an He's not a PGA Tour member because he hasn't earned membership yet through the Corn Ferry Tour. He's one of the guys that got screwed because they decided to do a long, extended Corn Ferry Tour season instead of just having an end of the season and a new season because of COVID. So otherwise, he would have his PGA Tour card right now. And he's played well enough where he can get unlimited sponsor exemptions. And I think most most of these tournaments are happy to have him because everybody talks about this guy, right? Like, who else are you going to give a sponsor exemption to? This is a good kid to give it to. And hopefully... Hopefully he breaks through and wins and can start getting some of these FedEx Cup points because the dude has been unbelievable in the first half of the PGA Tour season. Yeah, he's just kind of exploded onto the scene the way that he's finished, I think, top 10 at three majors, right? Yeah. It's it's unbelievable what he's doing. But the thing about Colonial, no first-time participant has ever won yeah. in the last 20 years. Yeah, because I mean, it can be a tricky golf course. Like it gets it gets pretty narrow in certain spots. So if you don't hit it in the right, like you could be in the fairway and still be blocked out yeah. in certain holes. That's why it, it's definitely a golf course. You need some experience playing it before you can go claim that victory. It's so, a loaded field this upcoming week. Why is Phil still playing this? How? Oh. Phil just wants to like ride in on like chariot and horses. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's, if I, you were Phil, would you be playing this week? Yeah, why not? What? You, what's what's your reasoning for him not to play? The way you ask that question is you would say I no. I would still be partying. Oh. <laughs> the question is, is Phil ever going to play a Champions Tour event ever again? Yes. Dude, dude, he's, he's going to play. He loves golf way too much not to. Like, I, I thought he was full of it when he said he was never going to play on the Champions but Tour. But he's got exemptions for the next how many years? Five years? Five years for all the majors. Five years for all the majors. So, I mean, he's had PJ Dwork, but again, the reason why he played Champions Tour events a year ago was, and, and he's got forever you know, status because of where he is on the all-time money list on the PGA Tour. So he's got that PGA Tour-wise, but you still have to qualify for the FedEx Cup, which is why, again, he played some Champions Tour events a year ago. He played one earlier this year, too. I don't know why he did that. If Maybe he just, like, felt... Does he he feel good when he goes out there and he just, like, hey, Bernard, look how far I can hit it. Like, I I hope that's just bullying Bernard. I hope that Stricker's bargaining with him a little bit, saying, like, all right, you come play in my field in Madison, and you can be my, like, vice vice captain. (laughs) Maybe? I don't know. It'd be so cool to see Phil in Madison. It would be. Not going to happen this year. Like, if, if he would have missed the cut at the PGA. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe because people do love Strick, and he's gotten some people to come. Between Stricker and Andy North, the people they've gotten to come play in the event and be in the, which is not happening this year, you know, uh, celebrity foursome. Yeah. It's been unbelievable because of the respect that those two that that those two really carry in the game of golf. So many more things still still to break down. We have yet to talk about Brooks Kepka rolling his eyes. At Bryson DeChambeau. My favorite video of the century. I'm going to ask how many times Stephen Watson has watched this video. We'll describe the video if you haven't watched it. Maybe we'll even tweet out the video, even though there is some you know foul language in it. But it is so damn good. Plus, we're going to break down a course that I just dropped my best round ever at. Can we break br- down your pants, too? We, we can do that, too. Whatever okay. we want to break down. As <laughs> That's coming up next on the tape. Forget about changing that dial. More on the tee with Gabe and Steven next on 94.5 ESPN. 
really excited to break this down, um, mostly because I'm really excited about what I did at the golf course we're about to talk about. And thanks to our friends at Waste Management, we feature one golf course from the state of Wisconsin each and every week right here on the tee. Fescue, hole placement, dog legs, hazards. What don't you want to know about Wisconsin's variety of golf courses? It's time for On the Tee to give you a course review. Brought to you by Waste Management, a company that values inclusion and diversity, safety, our customers, and the environment. Join the WM family and visit careers.wm.com. Brown Deer Park Golf Course. It's where I belong, to the men's club. Played in a number of events there, and actually played an event that I asked, I asked Stephen to play with me today. Needed an emergency partner, um, because my partner had, had blown out his back Sounds yesterday. like you don't need me. I, I needed a partner. Stephen turned me down, so just to spite him... I gotta get a paycheck, man. <laughs> uh, I, I, I played I'm usually a... an uneasy yes for any sort of golf, but... Not not on the day I was working. I played a uh, WSGA Net Partners Qualifier today. And what that is, so you play with a partner, um, and you take both of your scores, um, net, so it's played with handicap, and then you take your net best ball. So there are three, three scores recorded on every hole. And I shot a 72 today at Brown Deer Park Golf Course. Golf clap. So, again, it's a course I've played a number of different times. I love the golf course. If you've been out there late last year, early this year, you'll notice that there are a lot of trees gone. Unfortunately, uh, hole number four, which is a downhill par five, you can kind of blow it left or right now because they took down a ton of trees. Had to. Yeah. Um, you know, they had a lot of ash out there, a lot of dead trees, unfortunately. It's still, to me, the best course of the county courses, obviously. I mean, they played a PGA Tour event out there. They played the Symmetra Tour event um, the last couple of seasons before. I think five or six years, I should say, before COVID uh, came in and shut it down last year. This year, who knows if it ends up coming back um, in 2022. But it's just such a great golf course. It's a tough, I mean, it can be challenging. There are spots where you can miss. It's, again, they, they had, that's where Tiger Woods began his PGA Tour career. It's, it's just always been a, a special place to me ever since I moved to Milwaukee. And I think for a county course, what they do better than most is just how well maintained it is like every like i every every course that i play on i, I care the most about the greens right like yep. if you have solid greens that can roll rest of the course is just you know you're spraying it around doesn't matter like defining a course is on a green for me and i think brown deer has always done a spectacular job of trying to live up to the fact that they have hosted big events there before and they've always done a nice job with their greens and i I hope that they don't take down too many of those trees. I know that it's like a very common thing with golf courses right now is to open it up, and there are a lot of dead trees you yeah. know, that are it's, it, it's tough, but I, I, lo I love how the trees protect that course so much. Oh, and they still do. I mean, yeah. eight, eight is a dog leg left where, I mean, there are still trees left. There's still trees right. Eight's it's a, a tough hole. hole. Um, you know, they're, they're nine they, it has opened up a little bit, but there are still, 10 is, is still heavily, you know, protected down the right side. I think 10 might be the hardest hole on that course. It is so tough. That, that's the hole. So that used to be one. They flipped one. They didn't flip the nines. They just flipped one in 10, and 10 is where Tiger started his career. They've got a little plaque there. Um, yeah. It's a tough hole, and, and today 
today was playing into the wind. It's it's one of the tougher greens to read. It's but again, it's a fun golf course, and I hope that if you haven't played, uh, get out there and play it. Especially if you have a county card. It does the county card again? What the county does and getting people out. It's just been so good. I know they had a great year during the pandemic, and, and shout out to my guy Chet uh, Chet Hendrickson at the county when he came in. They started making a lot of the county courses work together. Yeah. Um, so even some of the other county courses that maybe have a history of like, ah, it's not well maintained, they've done a better job across the county to make sure that they have something special. And the crown jewel of what the county offers is Brown Deer Park Golf Course. It's stupid cheap. Like, uh, yeah. with the county card, it's, it's such a great de- deal for any golfer. Like, there's no reason to not ever get a county card. Yeah. Oh, no. So you, you, you don't have to be a county resident to get one. You just have yeah. to live. You, you have a pulse? All right. Give us yeah. 20 bucks. Here's your county card. Yeah. Like, that's, it's <laughs> like, oh, we'll save you 50% on almost every single round. It's just like, what? It, yeah. It's too good to be true. But they always do such a good job of getting people out there. That course is packed every single day, which says a lot about that mm-hmm. course. Again, because they, they maintain it well, and the, the greens, they run true. They're starting to get that speed again, and it's, it was a lot of fun to play out there today. It's a lot of fun to play out there anytime. If you haven't gone out, check out Brown Deer Park Golf Course. Again, their website is mke.golf. All right, as we wrap up the show, Brooks Kepka is becoming one of my, he already was one of my favorite golfers. And I was, again, I, I admit it, I, I was kind of rooting for him to, to make it interesting with Phil, and Phil was able to pull away for the most part. Things got a little dicey at, at different times, but the Bryson DeChambeau Brooks Kepka rivalry is all we've ever asked for in golf. We're looking for something like this for just two guys to embrace hating each other. Like, we want Patrick Reed to embrace being the bad guy. He was just like the cover guy on Golf Digest, didn't embrace being the bad guy at all, clearly yeah. doesn't think he's the bad guy at all. I don't know who the, I mean, in my mind, Bryson DeChambeau's the bad guy oh, here. Oh, 100%. <laughs> it's not even close. But if you have not seen the video, this was taken after round two at the PGA Championship at Kiwa Island. Uh, Brooke Tepka doing a quick interview with Golf Channel. Yeah. And it's being recorded. And he starts giving an answer. First it starts, he sees Bryson out of the corner of his eyes, gives him the biggest eye roll. And then he's talking about how tough it is putting, especially with the wind. Bryson walks by. There has been debate about what exactly Bryson says. So I'm not, I can't say for certain what Bryson says. But it's something that irks Brooks Kepka to the point where he rolls his eyes again, apologizes, says he lost his train of thought, Thought after that BS, <laughs> drops a couple of the, another couple curse words before he goes. All right, we have to start over because obviously he lost his train of thought. He lost his train of thought. It was almost as if Brooks Kepka didn't realize that he was on TV. That's how dramatic of an eye roll it was. But then, um, who was it? Oh, who was it giving the interview? I can't remember his name from the Golf Channel. But the guy giving, he said, Todd Lewis. Yeah, Todd Lewis. Todd says, "Hey, we're gonna have so much fun with that in the in the production truck." And Brooks goes, honestly, I don't even yeah, care. Yeah, I don't even care. So the fried egg, which is a great follow on Twitter, does a lot of golf architecture. Andy Johnson. Andy Johnson. He's a local guy, Midwest guy. He says he raised up the audio levels, and it sounds like Bryson says, I hit such a good drive and a good shot on the last hole, man, which is like Bryson <laughs> hyping himself up, walking past Brooks as Brooks is trying to talk about the difficulty of the golf course. Yeah. And that, I think... When I'm listening to it back on that audio raised, I think it was literally Bryson just being so into himself yes. as he walked past Brooks that it made Brooks give the eye roll 
of the century. And I think that like this this is so good for golf. Just as it was to have like Phil win this on Sunday and this video surface late last night, like to have this back to back, like what did we do to deserve this type of content? <laughs> I'm I'm saying this right now to the USGA. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. If you do not pair those two together in the first two rounds at Torrey Pines in the U.S. Open next month, you're cowards. You are <laughs> cowards. Give the people what they want. And what they want is those two playing a major championship together. Now, again, you what, can't, what, do you think you, would, what do you think would actually happen? I don't know. Who would, who would score better? Because I feel like Bryson's ego is so far... <laughs> Uh, like, like over you, the like, moon. Did you see the other stuff that that Bryson put out, where he's like shirtless for some reason and like hitting balls into a net? This guy is bonkers. You talk about Phil being a content machine. <laughs> Bryson is a content dream for the PGA Tour, and I think he loves the fact that nobody likes him, and he loves the fact that somebody. I don't like, think he realizes that nobody likes him. I you think, think he's, he's oblivious to I it. I think he is so into himself that he couldn't possibly picture it. It's like if you've ever seen Seinfeld, and at one point Helen Seinfeld. Jerry's mother goes, how could nobody like you? That's what's going on in Bryson DeChambeau's <laughs> mind. How could nobody like me? I don't understand why. Oh, man. And then the shirt, man, Bryson, did you see the shirt Bryson was wearing on Thursday? That had like a bunch of square root and math symbols yeah, on it? It was, it was like the Bryson brand in little small icons. It was like a milkshake, a division sign talking about like how he's really into his analytics, his, his hat. Ah, oh, but then again, Phil wears a logo of himself on his clothes too. Like, but with Phil again, it's it's this is all picking and choosing. Yeah, Phil, we've decided it's endearing. Yeah, Bryson, we've decided it's annoying. But Brooks, like again, we Wait, can, so Brooks we can is never... growing on you because that's a it's, new development. Brooks, I, yeah, Brooks is growing on me. Because when we started this show a couple of weeks ago, I I, I thought you were kind of a Brooks well, hater. I mean, so there is there is the the part of him that like. Tries to pretend he's too cool for golf that obviously I don't like. I'd rather have him embrace golf. I think he's golf. changed from that a little bit. I think he has as well. Yeah. And especially because of how well he wants to play in these major championships. Like him, him doing what he did at the Masters despite missing the cut, but coming back that soon after knee surgery, like and then competing at the PGA that soon after knee surgery. Obviously, the majors are important to him. Obviously, golf is important to him. But the way he also like talks about how... And, and, and this has happened to a number of different players, and I think Jordan Spieth has also talked about this, where he goes out there and he wants to have an athlete's mentality. For, so for him, he wants to go out and play golf, where sometimes people just get too technical and they play golf swing, right? But he just wants to go out there. Once he steps on the course, like golf swing, that's for the driving range, that's for whatever else I'm doing. I just want to go out there. I'm, I'm going to play golf. Like I got to have. It's more of a feel thing for Which him. Which is why Bryson is like the anti. Yes. Brooks Kepka. Right? Like, that's, that's got to be where the headbutting began. Oh, probably. And look, we'll never, we can never guarantee that those two will be paired together in the final round, like the last pairing of a major. If they somehow were in the last pairing or second to last pairing of a major, like, I would be, I, I wouldn't watch any of the other major. I would hope that whoever's carrying it in the next two majors are going to be NBC. So I hope they have featured group coverage because that's the only thing I would want to see of that major. I really don't, I just want to be locked into that. So because we can't guarantee that, maybe we can the just USGA ask. needs to guarantee we're going to get those two together. And if the USGA. Doesn't deliver, maybe Captain Stricker can just pair them together. Oh, God, no, no, no. <laughs>